Episode 26 of This Is Us 2 is brought to you by MinuteWithMary.com. It's a great place to discover some more confidence and creativity with your skincare or makeup. And it's a minute with me, guys. I make really short, fun videos that might be either funny or helpful. So check out the hashtag MinuteWithMary on Facebook. And please, please, please request to join my free Facebook group. It's my marvelous VIPs. What would you have me do, Your Honor? On every corner, there's someone selling. So I buy, and I use. If you heard my life, you'd probably use too. Just a year ago, my mother was alive. And my girl was alive. And we were having a son. Now they're gone. They're all gone. Mr. Hill. So I come here, and you tell me you're disappointed? Well, guess what? I am more disappointed. I am the most disappointed man you've ever met in your whole damn life. So if you want to lock me up, lock me up. Put me inside because there is nothing out here for me anymore. Cranston, Rhode Island, welcome to This Is Us 2. It's a podcast dedicated to This Is Us on NBC. So sit back, relax, and let's all have a good cry. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome back. My name's Mary Larson. My name's Blake, and I loved this portion for William. I loved it, and I kind of hated it at the same time. Kind of hated it at the same <laughs> and time. And yet you chose it as the sound. Well, uh, yes, because uh, that's this is the portion that I loved. Oh, okay, good. Uh, and there's also a slight portion that I did not like later on, but we'll get into that. I, I think that's a good idea. So... This episode, a lot of the things I couldn't relate to, and this is, of course, my story time episode, and I was really watching it going, no, I don't relate to that, I don't relate to that, and then there was a moment that hit me, and what's funny is that this is a moment that I bet a lot of viewers, my husband included, sat there and went, oh, oh, yeah, right, yeah, right, something like that could happen, well, Something like uh, this that you're going to find out did happen. So Blake and I met on Match.com back when it was totally creepy. 2007. Like, <laughs> like when you're when I had to tell my friends, I'm meeting this guy at this bar. <laughs> if I don't text you back by 8.30, come and get me or save me or like put out a milk carton with my face or something. So Blake and I... Um, I guess, had crossed paths on Match.com earlier. So I had been on it for quite some time. Um, I had been in a couple of relationships and I was trying to find myself, guys. I had already always dated artsy guys, musicians, artists, I don't know, something like that. And they just didn't work out. So I went on Match.com for an experiment. I decided I was going to say yes to every non-totally crazy looking person that asked me out. Like if you had the guts to ask me out, I would say yes. I was also a poor musician who was hungry and was totally okay with eating dinner on a date if that meant that I was fed. 
So whatevs, you know, I met a lot of different people. I went on dates with baby delivering doctors, with bus drivers. One guy was a river raft guide. Really cool job. Didn't like the guy. I remember one of my favorite dates was a a gentleman took me to his temple and he was so excited to introduce me to his rabbi. And I said, my name is Mary Catherine. I don't think your rabbi is going to want to meet me. This first date just got really weird. So anyway, (laughs) I took the holidays off. I took the holidays off. I didn't have time and I was going to be fed by my family. So I didn't need to be on in like November, December, whatever. I took I took off the winter months. I was busy. And I guess at that time, Blake had been on and he had just He had been convinced by his dad to be on Match.com. He had not gone on a single date with a single person. We were polar opposites. He was waiting for that diamond in the rough, like from Aladdin. The diamond in the diamond in the rough. (laughs) Um, And in November... He decided to make his range a little bit bigger to include the little ocean state, Rhode Island. And he saw this girl, this brunette wearing a red shirt, wore that red shirt on purpose, didn't actually fit, but looked dang good in that picture. And (laughs) he saw me and he tried to wave at me. And little did he know. It was a wink, by the way. A wink. Yeah, that was what it was. Mm I had already checked out for the holidays. I didn't need anybody to buy me dinner. I, I was taking a little break. So Blake went the winter season, lonely, not going on dates, winking at people, not getting winked back. Just things weren't working out. And eventually he said, I'm sick and tired of paying. And he went on to Match.com in April to cancel his account, to give up. And I signed back up that day. So in case you don't know and you're like, what the heck does this even apply to? Blake and I chatted. We went on a date that day. And this applies to Randall showing up on William's doorstep the moment that he was about to shoot up and delve back into drugs again. Mm-hmm. That's right. So for I know a lot of you probably watched that episode and was like, what? Those things don't happen. Well, it did happen in our life. So let's get into the show, Blake. Tell me some of the fun facts about this episode. The title was The Most Disappointed Man and You Heard Why. You heard it in the opening. I also feel like this could apply to Kevin as well. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that's a good subtext there for, mm-hmm. for Kevin. The director was Chris Koch, who directed the uh, Three Sentences, which is one of our favorite films. It's when actually Kevin realizes he has to go and talk to Sophie. And Toby is like, give me three sentences. Yes. What are you going to say? I loved that episode. Yes. The writer was Kay Oigan, who served as a staff writer for season one. But also happened to write I Call Marriage, which is also another favorite of, I think, ours. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kay Oigan was upgraded to story editor for season two. Uh, so the, the latter here goes from like staff writer to story editor. And then perhaps you become a writer and then perhaps you become a producer of uh, of your show. That That's kind of how the latter the works. The hierarchy. Okay. Very, right. very so cool. I would not be surprised to see Kay as an actual writer mm-hmm. uh, 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 more than just a staff writer or a story editor, but getting multiple credits for season three. Very cool. That's just my prediction. You know, what's interesting is Chris Koch, who directed this episode, uh, the three sentences when Kevin gets Sophie back and did this one when Kevin... 
except for Sophie. Oh, that is quite good. Yeah. Good job. Even though there, it wasn't kid. like the main thing of the episode, it's interesting that that's what he directed. That's right. That uh, right. You know, he was in the same location. He probably just did it in the same day. Okay, you're going to get back together, and then we're going to reshoot, change your outfits. <laughs> now you're going to break up. Good. Right? Great they job. probably did. They probably <laughs> shot both of those scenes same time. That's funny. <laughs> okay, so lemonade rating. What is your score on a scale of one to five glasses of lemonade? I'm giving it 4.6. I feel the same way about this episode that I did about the last episode of the 20s. I felt like it was a good episode. There's a couple mm-hmm. of things that bothered me a little bit, but I, for the most part, I, I think they did some interesting stuff uh, and uh, actually had something to say a little bit in, in this. And, and it's funny because this is us doesn't really get political and it doesn't really have statements and i feel like this episode had a couple of great statements Mm -hmm. and and one of that was the justice system doesn't always work Mm -hmm. it doesn't always have the answer the way that it's the way that it's created yes and i really like that i think that's a good take from uh from this is us how about you my darling mine is a 4.7 i thought it was a solid good episode it covered a lot of ground of things that i wanted to know more about that i wanted to see and it didn't mind getting dirty Mm -hmm. didn't mind getting dirty you know what? i'm gonna bump it 4.8 oh i'm bumping it hey now for having the kahunas to get dirty. All right, time for the GBGs, the good, the bad, the great for this episode. So my good was Randall giving Deja's mother their home phone number. Oh, when yeah. he had just gone in, guns blazing, being all protective and mean to her, and then to go and give her their phone number. Mm-hmm. Like, that is huge. That is vulnerable. That is real. And then seeing Deja's face um, light up, that was a really awesome moment. My bad was Kevin's breakup with Sophie. Once again, happened in the same place where Kevin got back together with (laughs) Sophie. So I just, my heart is like, oh, God, when, when does he hit ground bottom? Because it's coming soon. Oh, it's definitely coming soon. And it's hurting me that Sophie, who is a nurse who is a nurse Ain't in New York, mm. no, hasn't picked up on the fact that her boyfriend is in, is having addiction issues right well, now. Well, I, I think she knows. I, I mean, especially after the... Uh, when he was away in California and she wasn't there with him, mm-hmm. I could see that. I mean, that makes sense to me. But when he was there and he didn't show up for the whole auction yeah. thing, I feel like she saw it then and she realized. But I wish she mm. then would have said something. Like, if Sophie knows that he's battling this, I wish that Sophie would have said said something because to me the way that the show is playing out I don't feel like Sophie knows because I feel like Sophie as a nurse would have said something well she does say it eventually in this episode she says Kevin you're spiraling it's it's what are you what are you doing yeah but I don't does that mean that she knows that he's having like addiction issues spiraling Uh, I don't think that's that's a good point I don't feel like she's totally true to herself or true to Kevin that there's big time stuff coming so well well, going going back to my hot take uh, from a few episodes ago I bet you she does know I bet you she, she does know the signs because Kevin has already been through this and she was present the first time. That's, That's your... what, that was my hot take from a couple oh. of, from, from a couple episodes ago. <laughs> um, and my great for this episode was Rebecca le- writing the letter to the judge, taking that picture that just they couldn't get the balance right yeah. between <laughs> the two different skin tones, and that writing the letter to the judge because I wanted to give her a big old high five. Way to go, standing up for your family with the old school 
pen and paper as your sword. That's a Mary Lassen move oh, if I've ever heard of one in oh, my life. I do. I do that about <laughs> once a year. I do that. Uh, my good was the line between the final the, the final line between the judges. Do anything good lately? I oh. freaking love this. Um, the Judge uh, Crowder, who was actually Bernard uh, in uh, Lost. We have to go back, Kate. And uh, he asks Judge Bradley, who was Delroy Lindo, who was a great actor, uh, and he was the one who was handling the, the Pearson's adoption case. And they both say, and, and Bradley says, I don't know. And Crowder says, uh, I have no idea. I have no idea. And mm-hmm. I, I loved the ambiguity yep. of this of these lines, but I also love how piercing uh, these lines are. Uh, it, when when Bradley says, I don't know if I did the right thing. Like, he really does not know he did the right thing <laughs> yes. by giving up the case to the other judge. Uh-huh. He has a firm belief that Randall was not meant for the Pearson family. Yeah. And so much so that he actually had to recuse himself. Mm-hmm. And even uh, Crowder says, I, I have no idea. He doesn't know because William is an addict and he is falling apart at the seams. He's yep. taking a chance on William. So the ambiguity, but also the very specific nature of these two lines and the fact that even though they are judges, they're still, in fact, human. Mm-hmm. They are biased. Mm-hmm. They're, they're supposed to be unbiased to the law, but they are not. They are very biased. Uh, the bad, and, it's, and uh, my darling, you know me very well. And I know you I love so. me, but you know me very well. My bad. And it's not that it's bad per se, uh-huh. but just seeing the few moments before Randall showed up at, in, at William's life and Randall is there and he's picturing Judge, uh, Judge Crowder's face. Yeah. And, and, and William is the one who saves him from shooting up again. It, it was cute. It was a little too cute even for This Is Us. And yet... Things like that have happened in our own lives. That's and right. And that is why at that moment I said people who have not had this universe connection have not had this happen to them where mm-hmm. like something happens right when you need it to happen. You're about to quit match.com and your bride to be signs back on <laughs> and pops up on your feed that same moment. Legitimately that day. I'm not kidding. I was signing off. I was signing off that day. I said, why the hell am I paying all this money for? It doesn't make no sense. And I just happened to get a wink back from my bride. I, I, it, it was the work of the gods. And you know, it's really because you were dating all the wrong guys. You were dating all these artists and like musicians and stuff. You just needed a, a regular. You needed a bro. You needed a regular good Boston guy. <laughs> Go in there drinking some beers. Some Guinness. Some get some Guinness down at the packy and go to the bar. <laughs> you make me sound so classy. So classy. Wanna go watch the Pats and the Red Sox uh win some games over at the park. Oh my god. How much Guinness did I have? Too much. Anyway. Uh, but and, I'm, what I'm, I'm saying sorry. is that yes, I know it's your bad, and I know a lot of people felt like it was their bad, but I'm telling you that sometimes things like this happen. Right. I totally agree. I, I understand. And I am one person that it actually did happen to. So, it, But it just felt a little too cute for me, even for This Is Us, like I said. But my great was Kevin's dream 
Oh, goodness gracious. I freaking loved this dream mm-hmm. sequence. And mm-hmm. uh, not because Kevin was spiraling or whatever. And uh, in, in perhaps the dream was, in fact, a drug-induced deem, a dream. I'm willing to even go that far. But the vision of Kevin interacting with his yet-to-be-conceived child <sighs> with Sophie is literally nothing short of brilliant. And I, I'll say why, because... Yes, Kevin's on a bad path and he's taking the drugs. And but the insecurity isn't about the drugs. When Correct. you see Kevin in the dream, he's not like all screwed up like he is in in in, in real time nope. within the show. No, 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 no. It's not about being addicted to pills. He can kick being addicted to pills or alcohol or whatever. Because Jack did that. And I firmly believe that Kevin is a pretty good manifestation of Jack. And I firmly believe that since Jack could do it, he could do it. No, no, no. The insecurity is about the fact that he couldn't be a dad. He couldn't be Jack to his kid. Because he himself is so insecure. And yes, he has Sophie. He he was dating random girl number one, and then he had random girl number two. He's gotten back together. He's happier with Olivia Randall now. Olivia and Sloane. Yeah, sure. They have Whatever. names, Blake. Whatever. Olivia and Sloane. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's back with Randall, and they're happy, and things are great. Kate's pregnant, whatever. But if you recall the first scene with Kevin, two women in the bed, talking about being 36 and having no idea what the hell is going on with his life, he still feels that same way. He still feels it deep down, in my opinion. I feel like all 36-year-olds feel that way a little bit. I feel like that every day of my life. You're not even 36 <laughs> No, I'm, th- I'm 35. Wait, wait till it gets to 36. <laughs> then you really go feel it, man. So I... Again... This this episode had a lot of great stuff to say about the justice system, whatever. But what this really does for Kevin is that it's not about pills. It's about his own character. The insight in the relationship that is that is defined by that insight is breathtaking. I really, really loved that short bit uh, dream sequence of Kevin. Well, and- as you said, like so little of this episode was really about Kevin, but the depth that he was able to have. I mean, this is one of those breakups where right. it was terrible. It was horrible. And you just want to go hug Sophie and you just want to say, no, Kevin, she'll help you get better. But Kevin knows he is not meant to be in this relationship, at mm-hmm. least now. Lord, uh, God, if Sophie ever takes him back again, the future she needs. <laughs> oh, man. She All right. Needs so, something. you know what? Let, let's just talk about this. Like, yeah. As we get into this episode now, we did the good, bad, great. Thank you very much. What did you think about this whole thing with Sophie and how Kevin did it and he just showed up? In, in fact, it was the same place, like yeah. you said, that he professed his undying love to her, yet now here he is tearing down this entire relationship. What did you think? And what do you think of the acting? Because I was blown away. Oh, the acting was so stellar. And once again, This Is Us makes me feel... Like, I'm the awkward extra person in the room. (laughs) Like, I don't... Once again. Seeing the breakup happen was so upsetting and relieving at the same time. Because Mm -hmm. if you, you know that he is not in a good place, he is not supposed to be with her, he has already put her through hell and back, and then back again, he's bringing her through it. And it's killing me that... 
Sophie doesn't say. I think you're dealing with some some abuse issues. Mm -hmm. It's killing me because I'm not saying she should stay with him through it. I actually don't think that that's good for him right now. I mean, they just started getting back together. But it's killing me that nobody is able to say this to Kevin in this episode. And yet he is the one that knows that he shouldn't be with her. Like, even though he is so messed up and so deep and dark into this, it's not about the addiction. Yep. He has to figure a lot of stuff out and he doesn't know if he can do this. And and so I was thankful for the breakup, but I'm really sad about it. Is the breakup the bottom for Kevin? Nope. No, you don't think so? No. No. That was the easy part. Really? You think, think that, that was, was the easy. easy part? Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. That's a hot take for you. Well, because he's, he's not even really him yet. Right. I think when he sobers up, I have hope. I have faith for you, Kevin. Mm-hmm. I think when he sobers up and he realizes what he's done and how lonely he is, and then he has to rebuild his life, his career, love with himself, mm-hmm. that's when it's going to be the hardest. Right, right. Well, let's now, I, I want to talk about, I want to talk about Randall because I think Randall obviously is a major part of this episode and his relationship with Deja, but also his relationship with the parents. So I think that's probably where I want to go. But before we get there, let's just do the Kate, uh, the Kate and Toby stuff. Let's just do it. Let's just get it over with. Toby talking to the urn. Oh yes. God! You know, yes. <laughs> I as all I could think of. What? <laughs> all I could think of when I when I was watching Toby talk to the urn, I actually thought it was quite a great moment. I thought yeah. it was. I thought it was real. I felt real. Yeah. You could feel the tension, and it's between Toby and a, and a stupid brass urn. Like, but it, you felt it. Like it was just this. You know, the unblinking eye of this urn is just bearing and burning holes in Toby's, you know, ears, Mm -hmm. right? But all I could think of the entire time was, you know how you have that restaurant Jack in the Box? No. Well, there's a thing called the Jack in the Box, right? Okay. And all I could think of was, all I could think of was Jack in the urn. Oh. (laughs) I don't know why. I was thinking about how, like, I've talked out loud to your mom who's dead. And right. Been like, hey, listen, listen, lady. Here's you, the scoop. Hey, you've had some stuff with my mom. I've had some weird ghost stuff happen with your mom. You guys have listened to this podcast, and thank you for listening. But because you've listened, you now obviously know that my mother passed away when I was 18, and she, Mary, my beautiful bride, uh, I never got to meet her. Never got a chance to meet her. But yet, Mary had some experiences with my mother. Some paranormal stuff, guys. Some and I'm not even into stuff. that stuff. And like stuff that I cannot explain. And so when Toby was speaking to that urn, ever since this stuff has happened with me. Jack and, and the urn. That's what I'm going to call it from now on. Jack and the urn. Ever since, um, <laughs> yeah, this stuff's happened. I'm like, you know, I've done that. I've been driving and I've been talking to some person who's dead. So when Toby did it, I was like, I've done it. I can't even laugh at you, Toby. Can't. <laughs> what do you think of uh, the proposal? I liked it. That's totally Toby. Yeah. Isn't that great? And I like because it's so true. He knows Kate wants this. Mm-hmm. He knows Kate wants it. And I know. I'm happy that Toby was able to be selfless sure. and tell his mom about the pregnancy. And because that was why they weren't really going to do it. That's why they were rushing to it because he was nervous right. about having what his mom might think about having a baby in wedlock. Now, a lot of people ask me all the time, you know, what the difference between a character motivation versus a plot motivation, right? And this right here is the exact example of a character 
motivation, a character manifestation for this particular character. Meaning, Toby is the one who realizes that Kate is on the fence about this. And he, as a character trait, is selfless. He decides, I can't do this. But also, more importantly, what he does by having all the sweatshirts made up, will you... First off, the pregnancy sweatshirts with them. Oh my God, that was great. And how Kevin was just like, not getting it. (laughs) Not getting it. But the fact that he took the time, he did all those things, these are character moments. This isn't necessarily just plot, they move from point A to point B, but it's, I'm going to do something and I'm going to do it in a way that is unique to me, mm-hmm. when somebody does something unique, that is a character trait to them. And that is the difference. And that's, I, I just wanted to say that because this is a perfect example of it. Yes. Um, but I, I felt like Toby's proposal was full on Toby. I loved it. And I, I thought it was very cute. And I, I could feel the disappointment even in both characters. There was, they were saying, yeah, we should get married at the courthouse. Yeah. Fine. You know, no problem. I mean, if I had a chance to go back and do it all over again, I loved my wedding but I'd probably get married at the courthouse. Yes. <laughs> because, and I'm, I'm happy saying that <laughs> because that's exactly what my wife wanted to do. That's all I wanted, man. That's I said, it. let's just get married at a courthouse and come back and have a big old clam and lobster bake on the beach. Should have done it. <laughs> Should have done it. I mean, it is what it I'm is I'm the now. anti-bride. But listen, we, we had an amazing wedding. We, we, did. we burned the city down for an entire night. It was great. So I'm happy. I'm happy that Toby did what he did. I'm happy that Toby has a job that we learned about recently. <laughs> yeah, right. Because now I know I can afford those sweatshirts. I get nervous with all these people spending, spending 200 all this money. bucks 200 bucks on sweatshirts hey, but we know toby has a job <laughs> kate eh. i know it's kate still still on the fence still <laughs> still, still sitting there teetering we're not really right. quite it's sure it's all quite good all it's right, all so, good all right so let's just get to it um do you want to handle the 80s flashback first or you want to do 80s oh, okay 80s so what did you think about this whole always process? the 80s okay <laughs> The joy, the sheer joy that Jack and Rebecca have about fully adopting Randall, mm-hmm. seeing those consistent visits with the social worker, how she was a living, breathing part of their family for that first year of their life, and the chaos, and the mess, and the spit-ups, and the diapers, and the real nitty-gritty, mm-hmm. and the joy that they had going into that courtroom right. with their kids, mumbling and you know being all over the place, and taking their picture, right. all of that made me so happy. Made me so happy because these are two proud parents in a family full of love. Yes, chaos. Yes, adversity. You know, having this mixed family, like having all of this, mm-hmm. but so much joy and love. Right, right. And totally. And then agree. to be hit with a, a not right now. You need to come back. I got questions. I need to talk to your social worker. Oh, man. Kick to the balls right there. <sighs> That's a ball kick. I did not expect that. No. I did no. not expect that. And I'm really happy that they are showing us this, that they are showing us the adoption part. It's not just you leave the baby with with the baby in your hands in the hospital. Mm-hmm. There's a whole process that you have to go through. Right. And for them to show this and then to show that it was a no. Or right. it was a no, I need to talk to your social worker and here's why. Mm-hmm. And for the dedication of these two parents... I, I loved it. My right. love as for these two parents grew like tenfold in this episode. Right. And as much as I didn't like the thing with William and how it was a little too cute, what I loved about the William flashback was that it showed you that he got in trouble, that he was in jail 
that, I mean, you hadn't necessarily known that quite yet. And it also showed a reasonable, uh, not a reasonable, but it showed a practical reason on why he was in jail and why he did spiral. The other thing that I liked about this episode, because you've known that William, you know, had had abuse issues. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's always important that this show does that because they humanized William. They they helped us love William. They brought William back. And I think so frequently when people uh, talk about addicts, people who are on on drugs and end up in the jail and all they're worthless and they're, they don't equate to anything. It's so important that this show is able to tell us that is a real living human being who has a family, who has loved people, who has lost people, who will love people in the future. Right. That yes, they're down on their luck and I it really just hit me hard we have a lot of people who are dealing with abuse issues who are homeless um, you know in our capital city of Providence and seeing this episode made me feel so much for you know it, it reminds you it reminds you those people on the corner are someone's husband sure. uh, wife son uh, father all these things and um, I was thankful that this episode did that and of course being in conjunction with the fact that they're they're layering Deja's mom yes. on top of this, you can absolutely see that Deja's mom, you felt like she was probably a piece of garbage. And when you look at it through the lens of William, you know, perhaps she's not. You and know, she tells right? you her story. Right. She tells you how she chose wrong and how she thought she was getting better and then she ended up with the wrong guy. And now she's there mm-hmm. and we see her beat up. And that is the reason that she doesn't want to see her daughter. Uh, well, by the way, the the social worker that uh, De- for Deja, that's the mom from that 70s show. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just want to throw that out there. When she went off on Randall, when Randall was like, you don't Ooh, even care. Goodness. You know, or who's who's looking, who cares about the kids or whatever. And yep. when she went off on him, telling him, you know, these horror stories about what she's had to put up with. Mm-hmm. <sighs> It's another person I just want to give a big old hug to. I just want to give <laughs> hugs to almost every single person in this episode, except Kevin. Oh, I'll give goodness. him a hug. You know who I want to give a big hug to? I'll give him water. Pissed off okay. Beth. Pissed off Beth is my lifeblood. <laughs> when she was like, I don't care what we have to do. That woman is never coming in here. She looked like she was going to go 10 rounds with, with Tyson. Yeah. <laughs> she was prepared. And I loved... Randall, my binky, he's like, I thought I was coming to bring the heat today. Oh, okay, we're switching. All right, yes. cool, because that's what we'll do. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, oh, goodness gracious. Um, fantastic. I really love that. And the funny thing, too, here is that, like I said, the, I think the, the theme here, well, not theme, but the, 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 the message, the, the note that um, the, the writers or specifically uh, Aptaker or, or Berger, the co-showrunners, want to mm-hmm. get here across here, in my opinion, is the sanctity of the government system you know, being able to change lives. Perhaps there is an old white dude, especially in today's culture, yep. where old white guys seem to decide everything, well, that can change a man's life. It can change an African-American's yeah. life. And it's an interesting story. It's an interesting note to make that it's an African-American judge that shows a little bit of bias against a white family. At this enti- When you start looking at it in a, in, in a large swath, the, the macro level, 
I think it's an interesting note. It's it's interesting to note for this episode. Well, especially, uh, you know, I did a little research and there was actually like real life inspiration behind this in that 1972, the National Association of Black Social Workers, they issued a statement condemning transracial adoption, wow. saying not at all that do they recommend that black children be placed in white homes. That was in 1972. So this was just eight years ish, you know, prior After, yeah. to yeah. to uh, to this adoption taking place. So mm-hmm. they said, you know, once they, they talked about this with the writing staff, um, they knew that there would be these wrinkles, these like really strong feelings in certain judges in this time. Now, right. granted, times have changed dramatically now and even then, but to know that there was this really hardcore going on just eight years prior um, gives great insight into this episode. And, you know, coming from Randall here, you know, the guy who's only seen people in handcuffs on TV, which I thought was a fantastic line. I think it's interesting also that just as, you know, um, Judge Bradley and Judge Crowder had to make uh, decisions that really shaped Randall's life in, Mm -hmm. in, in a huge way, right? I mean, his dad being brought back into the world and being prevented, well, not prevented, but being motivated to, to not use again until Randall comes back into his life. Yeah. Um, and then also the Pearsons being able to adopt Randall. These are huge decisions being made in the court system by people. Now, Randall, I think, is in the same position in the court system. Well, not in the court system, but within the social environment mm-hmm. in that system and potentially in the court system, given Deja's mother's uh, predicament, that he has to fight for Deja and he's ready to do so. And he even yeah. tells her mother, you got to get through me first. So I think it's interesting that Randall, who whose life was decided by other people for multiple multiple reasons, mm-hmm. he is now deciding a person's fate as well. Uh, so I think that's that's also an interesting note uh, to, for this episode. How did you feel about the the scene where Rebecca was cutting out the picture of loved Randall? It. Absolutely loved it because their their life their life is not perfect. Mm-hmm. Their their family is not a picturesque, yeah. you know, uh, perfect, you know. Um, uh, what what the hell's a pottery barn life? You know yep. what I mean? It it is cut up. It is mix and matched. You need to make concessions. You need to do things in order to make your life the way that you needed to make it. Mm-hmm. And her cutting up that picture and putting a a, a properly lit Randall yes, with yes. properly lit Pearson family and combining them both. Um, not only here, I'm going to get really deep on you. Not only is that the is that the um, uh, their life, but that is the American life. Mm-hmm, that is, mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna cut and paste, and we're gonna screw up. We're gonna say the wrong things, but yep. in the end, we are a melting pot of people who come together and try to create one giant, large, giant family. I love it. I, this cause, episode, because I'm awesome. This episode, I almost want to bump it up more, but I'll keep it at the four point eight, just because. <laughs> you know, talking through it again. And knowing what the writers had to go through and the topics that they had to cover and how they really shed light on the times, but all the situations Mm -hmm. of these people and how people have to fight for love, um, fight for family. Sure. um, In in either way, it was a really beautiful and hard episode. Sure. Uh, Final thoughts for this. I enjoyed it. That's really it. I enjoyed it too. I don't have any other real specific final thoughts. Puzzle Watch 2018. Bring it up. No new additions 
for Puzzle Watch, at least none that I could see. But hot takes, my darling. Get a t- hot take of the week uh, for this one. Mm, Kevin hasn't hit rock bottom. Well, hold on. You got to let me. Oh. oh. <laughs> you got to say yes, Blake. I got yes, a hot Blake, take. I have a hot take. <laughs> okay, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Give me the hot take. I don't think Kevin's hit rock bottom. <laughs> okay, that's a great hot take. <laughs> Thanks. And I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback on that one a little bit. I'm gonna say that we are getting a major Kevin episode very soon. I'm gonna miss Sophie. I um, really liked Sophie. I don't think Sophie's gone necessarily, but she is. Um, uh, let me say this: Sophie is gone, but she's not out of the picture quite yet. I don't mm. think that she's out out, but she is out on Kevin. You know what I mean? Okay. She's out on Kevin, but I don't think she's off the show. Uh, but my real, my real hot take of the week is the fact that Deja is absolutely going back to her mother now. Oh. There is no chance she is staying with the PSNs because of the fact that we were given that layering with William and Deja's mother in the same exact episode. It's only there to humanize Deja's mother. It's only there to do that. And I guarantee, this is a freaking Larson guarantee, okay, that we get her mother's backstory and how Deja ended up being in the Pearson house. Like, mm. we're going to see the whole thing. From her point of view. From her point of view, just like how we got a William episode. Yep. I guarantee you we're going to get a, a Deja episode. What do you think is going to happen with the three rings that Kevin bought? <laughs> All of our diamonds are conflict Louis. Well, that's good news. Sophie One hates ring conflict. to rule them all. <laughs> uh, I, I, that will not be a hot take. I don't think we'll be seeing those three rings. <laughs> I don't think we're going to be seeing those uh, th- no. those rings either. So, no. um, my love, are you ready to close these uh, this this episode out? Or you got anything else? Or are you are you good? When I dream of our future together, it's a nightmare. Oh, oh. goodness gracious! Just just needed to end on that. Because that's how I felt when that was said. Oh, my God. (laughs) Good job, Mary. Way to to just bring it down a notch. (laughs) All right, let's go. Let's close out the show. Land the plane, Helen. (laughs) (laughs) I've been waiting to break that one out. I've been waiting to break it out. Okay, let's close it out. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. We are down to the final stretch. We have a month to go, guys, before the premiere of Season 3, This Is Us. So what can you do right now? Head on over to iTunes. Now, for you Android people, we love you too. Head on over to your computer and go to iTunes and leave us a written review if you have the time because it means so much to us. It's like a hug. I've talked about hugs. And I want to give a hug to CocoSis1824 so that I'm enjoying your podcast to help me prepare for the next season. It's like listening to my friends talk about a great show. I also love OutlanderCast and Mary's hair and makeup videos. Oh my gosh, CocoSis1824. I love you too. But you know what I love? What? I love chatting. And I love chatting about this show. So and you keep love tuning me. in. And I love you. Thank goodness you're You match.com. winked at me finally. Winked and I'll wink again. <laughs> For now, my name's Mary. This is Blake. And this is us too. <laughs>